Well, hello and welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. I'm delighted that you have set aside this hour so we can look at the stories you live by, and maybe the stories you're writing, and maybe the stories that are becoming so real in your life, and maybe the stories you're sorting through. Maybe the stories you wish you understood just a little bit better. That's what we do here. We honor the author inside of you that is writing your life story day by day. We also offer a time to get together and talk to best-selling authors in particular thought-leading topics. And I, more often than not, use this hour to be what I love to be more than anything, and that is your teacher for storytelling and writing your book. I was a writing professor for colleges in the Seattle area for over 20 years, and teaching literature and writing to students that were learning how to put together essays led me to thinking I wanted to have a little bit more to do with books. I love, love, loved my students, but I also knew that if I went into the entrepreneurial lane, I could still have students and clients and help people write their books. So that's what I do. We spend the first 90 days drafting, sometimes up to a half a year drafting that book, That's inside of you. It's been inside of you for some time. You've been walking around maybe for a year, two years, five years, some people, decades. And you've been thinking about this book. And my job is to help you stop just thinking about it and move it from your heart right out onto the page. I help you with that first step of becoming an author. And we really go into some real detail about getting into being productive, having routines, and what it really means to be a hero in your story. Because I'll tell you this, I love more than anything working with people that have gone through something big, something that turned them around, something that made them see the world differently, and they just can't keep it to themselves. It wouldn't serve humanity to keep it to themselves. And so they write. And that's what I love to do, help you get that draft out of your head onto the page. Because from there, You can hire that editor. You can align with that agent. You can find that publisher, go forward, and get your book into the world. And that's what I'm here to help you do. So if you'd like to make contact, I'd love it too. You can find me at, my email address is real easy, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. My name is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. You can go to my website, www.coachdebbie.com. Again, that's D E B B Y. 
Uh, you can hang out on Facebook with me, Coach Debbie. I have a Facebook page. I have it up right now, and I love to go on the back side in the messenger page and just see if you have any questions for the show. I also have my personal Facebook page, and that's Debbie Handrich. And Handrich is just like it sounds, H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. Just click on the personal messenger, send me a note, add it to the comments, whatever you like, and I'll read it right here on the air and offer you free coaching. Today we are alive and well thinking about what? I'm bringing together today the notion of awareness and productivity because in my mind, really, this is what high-level authors and thought leaders have in common. It's this notion that you bring together your awareness and your productivity So I'll be defining that in real close detail, but I want to say that this show is for anyone. If you just thought, oh, I don't know if I'm an author or not, I'm not sure I'm a thought leader, Uh, you might be uh, getting ready to go jump in the pool or something fun like that. But before you do that, I just want to say this show is for you because there's something you really desire. You know, maybe... You want to be a stellar mom. Maybe you just want to be that excellent role model in your community. Uh, Maybe you want to be a partner at the firm. Uh, Maybe you want to rise up from, oh, something, something even maybe shameful from your past. Maybe something around being poor, being orphaned, being addicted. All of these things that get attached to our family lineage that just at one time made us feel small and we're ready to rise up out of that. Maybe you are someone who wants to be a storyteller or an author or a librarian. Whatever it is you have a desire for, it's when you bring together your awareness and your productivity that you really soar. That's what high-level authors are doing. That's what thought leaders are doing. We can do it too. Absolutely. You can do it too. I can do it too. The people in your life can do it too. So again, if you want to comment or get coaching today, I encourage you to just send me a note. Ask Coach Debbie at gmail.com, and that's D E B B Y. So you might be thinking here that awareness and productivity are kind of, oh, really abstract ideas. Mm. Man, it's a hot day out here. I'm going to need a lot of water during this show. You know, I'm in Seattle, Washington, and We have this little joke in Seattle that it just rains every day, night and day, day and night, all the time. And it's true that it used to do that about 80% of the time. But 
thanks to handy-dandy global warming, doesn't do it as much. And so when, when people come here in July and August and September, and it's just glorious, and they say, oh, I'm going to move to Seattle, we tell them, oh, no, 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 you don't want to do that. It rains here all the time. And it's one of our attempts to keep the population down. Notice that Amazon and Google and, oh, geez, all kinds of companies that were not born here moved here. So we're not doing a very good job of it. But I have to tell you, on days like today, when the sun is hitting my shoulder and the back of my neck, oh, I love it. I just love it. But it's not so good for radio because I need to sip on water (laughs) constantly. So thanks for hanging in there with me. I see we've got some people listening live. I just want to say hi to you. Hello to Vicky. Hello to Sam. Hey there, Tim. Hey, good luck on your drive east. Hey there, Yvonne. Hello, Amy. Hello, Emily. And hello to Drew. Thanks for letting me know you're listening live today. That's always fun. Oh, hello, Annette. Thank you. So we are talking about bringing our awareness and our productivity together. It's kind of a math problem. Awareness plus productivity. What does it equal? Well, I'll tell you this. It definitely adds up to your achievements and to a sense of abundance. So let's let's get into this. What, what does it mean to even have awareness? That's really... That's really the cornerstone of your perception. If you are aware, you have enough knowledge, you have enough experience somewhere to honor a perception. A perception that, think of perception as when, when you look out into the world and let's say you do it through a camera lens. What is in that that lens, in that circle, your perception? You will find as you look out that if you're not standing in the right place, you won't get the right shot. The aware person, I'm kind of doing this off the top of my head, so I hope this metaphor stands true. But I would say the aware person has enough experience and is enough informed about how they look through that lens to know. Do I need to move to the left or to the right? Do I need to get a little closer? Do I need to back away a little bit? Because by doing so, you shift your perception. And it's that. It's finding the greatest perception that keeps you aware, keeps you in the knowledge, keeps you wise. All of that is your awareness. So let's talk to the moms for a second. Let's talk to the grandpas for a second. Let's talk to the aunties and, oh, let's talk to the daddies. Now, Maybe when your, your little baby child came into the world, 
He had a certain awareness about children. But after year one, you had more. And after year 10, oh, you had more. And even after year 20, you were surprised that you were still learning. Your awareness was getting sharpened. Your perception was stronger. That's your awareness. So we're going to take that and we're going to add it to your productivity. We know how it is we're aware. That's our experience. It's our knowledge. It's how we see. It's our perception. But what is our productivity? This is an important one for any storyteller, any thought leader, but it's also really important for any of us living by our day-to-day stories. Productivity is really how you spend your time effectively and where you spend that time. How you're spending your time effectively and where you're spending that time. So if I want to be a thought leader and I'm spending three hours a day folding laundry, I mean, I might be really, really good at folding laundry. In fact, I could tell you I am. I might be the best at folding laundry. I think I'm a skilled laundry folder. I can make everything the same little darn shape. And that goes right back to working at the Gap when I was a teenager. But that aside, if I want to be an author, I have to consider my productivity. And my productivity is all around how I spend my time effectively and where. So, If I'm spending my time folding laundry, well, it's kind of taken away from my time of doing something that's going to help me be an author. Let's, uh, Let's go to my friend Eddie for a minute. Eddie and I are newfound friends, colleague, writer, you name it. I am so happy to have met Eddie. And this is my chance to say thank you, thank you to Candace Dennis for helping us connect. Eddie has a heroic, incredible book inside of him. And we're working on getting that out on the page. He had already started writing pages and pages of it before we connected. But this is something I know about Eddie's future. He is going to be an accomplished writer because his awareness and his productivity are already aligned. And this is what I mean. Eddie comes from a hard cultural background. The way you come to be a man, according to Eddie, is you follow the footsteps of your uncles and your father and you your grandfathers, your your neighborhood, your neighbor fathers, all of them, you follow their footsteps. And Eddie revealed to me that it doesn't really matter if those men stepped into something heroic and, and noble by society or if their history 
is something that we would frown on, such as crime. If your father, if your grandfather, if your uncle, if your neighboring fathers, if your caretakers went that way, you were expected to follow. And out of that, out of that life you live, you will acquire an awareness. So that's one thing Eddie's got going on. Another thing is that now, in his years as an adult, he's being very productive. Because he knew crime really well through his own hands. And he's gone on an amazing journey. He has an incredible story to share with young men just like himself. And as he does this, they're going to listen. They're going to lean into his perception. The way he shows up today is he's that man that goes to the soup kitchen when he's needed. He's that man that puts on the jacket and speaks at the elementary school. He's that man who forms the communities to make sure no one is left out. All of this is going into his book. So what I want to stress here is that Eddie's awareness, Eddie's productivity is already laid out. And that's what any great author needs. You need to have laid that foundation. Otherwise, you're going to have your book come out and you're going to have to figure all this out. You're going to have to figure it out moments before you go on stage and you tell your story. And that's just backwards. That's all I can say. It's backwards. The real thought leaders those authors we admire, they did their time collecting their awareness. They are practicing being productive. They are ready to be that best-selling author. Now, how does that work in the life of mom who is folding laundry and quite proud that she's on top of this task? Well, not only does she have to do laundry, but mom, you know, you know very well that your awareness is growing every day in the story you live by because as your children are coming home from school, you are available for conversation and communication about what they're learning and you are curious what is influencing them and you are adding up and reflecting how you show up with your kids all of this is adding to your awareness and because of that it's moving you into being productive so that when the PTA says we've got one more spot for six months you just might find time to be that person. Or when the after school program says, we need a painter, you 
might collect your paintbrushes and go and teach them to paint. Or when the lunch program says, we need two more hands here on the line, you say, those two hands belong to me. And you go and you're active. And what does this do? This brings you into being very, very active, very, very hands-on, very capable of moving that camera lens so that you see even clearer each day what it is you want to know about. I really, really feel this way, that those that go on to achieve, that we look up to, whether they are the thought leaders seen on the just the highest hilltops, whether those they are best-selling authors, whether they are the top-notch moms in our communities, they are very aware and they are very productive. They don't slide. They don't. Now, I also want to stress because we are, whoops, we're over time. I missed my break. Oh, I missed my break. So we're going to have to sneak in a break here. I think I'm going to go for half past the hour, Eric, and we're going to get a break there. Ooh, I'm seeing we're getting questions too. Well, I was just having a fun little tangent, wasn't I? All right, we're going to go to a break in about six minutes here. Uh, I want to say that one of my main points here is that when you want to be successful, your productivity needs to be on point long before your audience meets you. So let's think now. We, we can imagine that with the author. The author is someone who is, is speaking to their community before their book comes out. They have a certain role they're playing. But what about when you're, you're really thinking about being productive and it's a new job you're going for? What if you're thinking it's time for a promotion? Again, your awareness and productivity, if it's laid out first and for some time, you'll be a, a, available for that, that promotion and that job. Kind of works like this. Let's say you want to move forward in a job of oh, public relations. If, if that's true and you are someone who isolates, I just can't see how you're going to be able to tighten that awareness lens and be productive so you can work in public relations. Look at those two words. Someone who works in public relations is, hate to tell you, relating to the public, Right? They're out. They are the person that makes those bridges that, that brings individuals and networks together. They are that person who studies and broadens their awareness 
by being with groups and noticing the dynamics. They are leaders who are productive by answering the call and going out into their community and doing what's needed. And when that six-figure PR job comes along, they can look back on the last six, seven, eight, nine years at what they've done, put together a resume, and stand proud that they're just the right person for that job. And when you do that, when you marry your awareness and your productivity and you stand tall in your achievement, they can't help but hire you. You are the obvious choice. You are the one they want. Hey, everyone, I see these questions are coming, and I'm so excited. We're going to go to questions right after the break. Uh, We're talking today about the idea that if we're going to achieve, really achieve as an author, as a thought leader, as a mom, as a worker, as a partner in the firm, as a communication expert, as a solopreneur, whatever it is, if we're going to achieve and really stand in achievement, we're going to marry our awareness and productivity together. And I'll be giving you some tips, some real good tips about how you do this. One thing that I was reminded of when I was listening to uh, Jennifer Lay. Is her name Jennifer Lay? She does this podcast. Sounds very racy. It's called the French Kiss Podcast. But I think it's actually uh, the French Kiss Living Podcast. I think it's actually about her love for Paris and and being a businesswoman who travels to Paris. But, yeah, sounds a little fun, right? She had a, a episode recently about living from your future self, the idea of really stepping into that energy. And I'm going to talk to you about that from, from the basis of my own brand. That, that's something very important. You've got to have a vision for where you're going and be able to feel into that. Feel what it's like to be someone who achieves. Not just think, ah, that sounds good. you got to feel it. Because when it's in you, when it's in your bones, when it's moving in your veins, that's the person that achieves it. So hold on to that thought. I know we're a little late on the break, but we're going to take this quick little break and we're going to come right back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., 
right here on Alternative Talk 1150, raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. During these challenging times, there's a place that provides vet care for people who cannot afford it. It's called Doni Co Pet Clinic, and it's been providing veterinary and wellness care for thousands of pets in the Seattle area since 1986. This includes access to spay and neutering, which is a requirement for all pets. If you'd like to find out more about Doni Co or to make a donation, visit DoniCo.org. That's D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E dot org. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we're talking today about bringing our awareness and our productivity together. And right now, I want to jump into this notion of, of being a, a thought leader. Because one thing that thought leaders really understand is how teams work together. But they don't start there. They start with how they understand themselves. Again, awareness. Awareness is about how we really understand ourselves, our knowledge, our experience. So consider this. Let's say there is a, a position that you're really going for. In a, a friend's business, she really sees herself expanding into that person that leads others to European places and holds retreats. That's something she wants to expand into. Uh, I have a friend who really wants to expand from being a speaker who goes to places to being that person who actually teaches high-end courses online. I know one of my one of my friends also is thinking about the notion of team and how he can grow together with his team. And I'm I'm very thankful that that question came in. I used to, at one point, think about having my own publishing company because I had worked in publishing and I, I received some very nice rewards for doing so. And, and did I say rewards? I did get rewards, but I meant awards. I got some first place awards. And I thought, wow, maybe I should start my own. But you know... Uh, many things sound so good and we don't necessarily take the time to really get into the feeling. What will it feel like 
if I actually do this. So I'll just use myself as an example. When I thought about going from running a publishing company to owning the publishing company, <laughs> all of a sudden, every every single team member, I I have to have the budget for that. That's on me. I I have to be willing to train the entire team day in, day out, and when things are tough, find the way through. I have to be willing to get all the, the product resources, let alone the resources that carry us as a team. There was a lot to do. So I... I started to think about what what would what would change in me if I went from someone who was hired to run the to run the publishing company than if I started my own and I was the CEO how would it change and as I let myself feel into it really get honest, really ask myself, do I want that responsibility? Because that responsibility will be instantly mine. I heard a resounding no. And I'm really glad I did that. Because alternatively, when I asked myself one day, many, many days ago, do you want to go from being a writing tutor who has this hourly job, who can call in sick, who can travel from different to different colleges. Do you want to go from that to being a, a professor of your own classroom and of your own content? I felt, I felt a resounding yes. I could imagine myself there. I could see myself bringing the content. Can you see? You can hear how my voice changed just talking about it. I felt it inside of me. It's not to say that I didn't have plenty of times later that I felt scared. But the decision making, the do you want this? Can you step into your future and feel yourself there? And how does it feel to be there? It was a resounding yes. But having my own publishing company? Ugh, huge no. <laughs> and maybe that'll change someday. I haven't asked myself that question for a while. But one of the things that is so important about doing that is when you're when you're kind of standing out there in your future going what does it feel like to be out here the things that come up for you are how aware am i of me to take on this role and how productive am i right now to take on this role if you're going to be an author, if you're going to be a thought leader, you are going to bring people together all the time. Speaking to Tim, you grow together. 
You're absolutely right about that. People grow together. So the teams you're working with are people that you honestly respect. And if you feel judgment for them, you find a way to become even more aware of yourself and even more open so that you include them into the circle of respect. Thought leaders respect those that they lead. Thought leaders also respect their teams. Uh, This is a a really good question. Does a person need to be team-oriented to be a thought leader? Yes. Yes. If you need an example, look at our administration. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, coming back to my show. Yes, you need to be a a team-oriented person. And what I mean by that is the the so-called thought leader, and I I find these as those who fail, the so-called thought leader that is more aligned with their own aspirations than they are with humanity will fail humanity. And the entire job of a thought leader is to lead humanity. That's it. That's my own definition, but that's it. You become a thought leader because you love humanity and you want more than anything to help it rise up. I was talking to you about Eddie, but I also want to talk to you about Leslie and Sharon and Victoria. Because in my eyes, these are these all four of these people um, have either written books with me or they have gone through my coaching program, or they were an invited guest on my radio show. But these people are making a difference because of their love for humanity. Some of them are are authors. Some of them are thought leaders. They're team-oriented. They keep their awareness of themselves in check. They keep their productivity flowing. They are team-oriented. Yes. When you lead, you might think, ah, now I can cut myself free of the team and I'll just hover over them. Nuh-uh. No way. You are so much more wedded into that team once you're a leader than you ever were sitting side by side. Absolutely. Remember, your job, your job as leader is to serve humanity. And you might think, but but I'm just, you know, I'm just just here with my local chapter. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I live in the sleepy little town of Sleepy Hollow, Washington or whatever. (laughs) The, The truth is that you can be, on, a, on your own level, a thought leader in your own company, in your own community. Sharon, for example, is exactly that. Sharon has a small publishing company. She started it herself. 
She has an incredible heroic journey. Oh, my goodness. To walk in this woman's shoes and to still be upright and tall takes faith and courage. Not because of of anything that is at fault in her, but more so because humanity is often very, 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 very sideways. And when we try to kind of kind of hit the pitch that is thrown at us from humanity, we miss sometimes. We just miss. And it takes a lot of courage to to be struck out. And I, I think Sharon has experienced a lot of that to the degree that she soared beyond me in that she felt the call to open that publishing company even though she knew it would be hard, even though she knew it would take everything she has. And she's doing it. And she's doing it well. And a lot of that has to do with that math equation I told you about in the beginning. Awareness and productivity. She is aware of her story. She has told it over and over again to groups. She is constantly in those anonymous places where she can talk to others like her and grow and rise from it. She is productive. If you call on Sharon to speak, she will show up. If you call on Sharon to uh, volunteer her time, she'll be there. If you call on Sharon to read over your manuscript, even if you haven't decided yet that you want to work with her company, her eyes are on it. More water. In addition to Sharon is Leslie. Very similar. Leslie is the leader of a band. She is the leader of a high school band. And she's been doing this for 33 years. This is Leslie's last year teaching. She, she has been looking forward to retirement. And no one could have ever told her that in her last year of teaching, we would undergo a pandemic. Everything shifted in her last year of teaching. But thank goodness for her awareness and for her productivity. Thank goodness she had 33 years of this foundation underneath her because it helped her continue to show up. And that's what any team leader needs. That's what it means to be team-oriented. You continue to show up because humanity matters and no one does it all by themselves. It's the team. It's the team that does it. You might be like Sharon and have the courage to open that publishing company and start it on your own, but just like Sharon came to understand, you're not going to run it very long if you don't put together a team to support you. There's a lot to do. And the person who's not aware the person who's not productive has that low achievement going on. I found out about this in 
Oh, kind of a kind of a hard way. I used to I used to be the co-host with my sweetheart Todd Allen on Life Mastery Radio. We started that up in 2012. And, and honestly, he started it up first and I sat next to him on show 1 and show 2 and show 3 and show 4 and show 5 and on show 6 it was Valentine's Day. And he brought on two couples to talk about love and lasting relationships. And he he turned on the mic I had been sitting in front of for six shows at that point. We had been we had been dating each other for six months at that time. And he turned on the mic right in front of me. I, I hadn't turned it on once. I had written down every now and then little notes on sheets of paper and kind of moved it over to the him. I, I sat there more for moral support just in case he needed it. But I'll never forget this. He turned on the mic and he said, I want to introduce Debbie Handrich. She is my new co-host and the love of my life. Now, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know he felt that way. And I didn't know I was going to be his new co-host. But quickly, I was in this job that I wanted, that I was so thrilled to get, where I was going out and finding authors. I was going out there and and doing all the background work to find out about their book, get them ready for the show, get them ready for interviews, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what I found out? I found out that a certain percentage, and it was quite large, a certain percentage of these authors with their first book, they were not aware and they were not being productive they thought they'd do that after they wrote their book. Just like a lot of people think, I'll do that after I get the big job. After it. You know, first I need to put all my energy into getting the big job. That's not how it works. What I found was some of these new authors had focused so much on the content they were writing about that they hadn't taken the time to know themselves. They weren't known in their community at all. They weren't counted on. They weren't volunteering. They weren't saying yes. They were what I would call very individualistic. They were not team-oriented. It's a shameful percentage how many I found out to be this way. And yet it was wonderful wonderful to sit down to the per with the person who had done her work who was very aware who was very productive who was available to be an author and who was well on her way to being a best-selling author this makes me think of victoria she is someone who has just finished my 90-day program and we took it just a tad longer because you know pandemics they they bring about interesting needs <laughs> so we took a little longer and we really got into her book and you know what what Victoria is doing in her book and she might not have known this when she stepped into it 
but she is healing a family lineage of addiction and alcoholism. While Victoria is not alcoholic, she grew up in an environment where a, a child could not thrive, and yet she found a way to thrive as an adult. She found a way to tell her story. But something remarkable about Victoria is she was deep in her awareness and her productivity long before she decided she wanted to write this book. And this is what I think has Victoria on the path of being a best-selling author. She was aware because many years ago she realized she needed help and she went into those 12-step programs that would give her the support that her family couldn't offer. It's possible they really wanted to, but they couldn't. She was very aware and became knowledgeable in the way that she started to serve with her career. She became a massage therapist. And I don't think people realize this, but massage therapists sort of have their undergraduate degree in counseling because <laughs> they're just constantly dealing with the pathologies of people, let alone the sore muscles. So she was active in a community sort of way. She was at a, at a time when I really, really needed someone. Oh, 10, it's been more than 10 years ago now, maybe 12 years ago. Uh, she was what you would call a sponsor to me in a program called Al-Anon. And without Victoria, I would be somewhere very else than here. Somewhere very else than here. I don't know where, but it's not where I would want to be. And, and Victoria offered just a, a tireless ear and a lot of direction. She was productive in her community with others. She had laid that foundation necessary to write her book. And I don't think she had really thought about that when she called me up and said, you know, I always fantasize that I might be a writer someday. And uh, I want to talk to you about this idea I have for a book. It's about my dog. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, often we think that our, our great ideas are about something else. But because there are great ideas, something small, like a dog, like a child, like, like a quick visit to a distant city, they can be the catalyst. They can be that thing that makes us say, I want to serve humanity. I want to be a thought leader. True, maybe that means in my regard, I'm going to go for that promotion. I'm going to lead my team. But there is nothing short in being the one that's not famous. There is nothing applaudable for being famous. You have to understand that. The people that listen to you, whether it's 40 or 40 million, applaud you. 
It doesn't matter how many. So what I want you to really take away from this today is that your awareness counts. Pair it right now with being productive. There's ways to be productive in your community, picking up that phone and saying yes. There are ways to say, I'm ready to serve so that, so that if you do have a dream of serving many, many more, if that feels like it would fulfill you, you are in the right position to do so. There's no shame in serving four instead of 40. And there is no shame in serving 40 instead of 40 million or 40,000. None. What is shameful is feeling the desire to serve humanity and not. Don't do that. If you feel the desire, look outwards. It just might be the team you're working with right now. And figure out how might you lead? How might you author something? How might you grow in your awareness and your productivity so that you really are serving? If you're conscious of that, you're going to be bringing the team together. You're going to be exercising your listening. Remember, so much of the pressure, it's not about having the perfect thing to say. It's about really listening to what does your audience, what does your team, what does your community, what does your family need? Eddie's answering that. Victoria's answering that. Sharon's answering that. Leslie's answering that. I bet you. You are. You are answering that. And you're answering that in your capacity. That is your service to humanity. And all I can say is keep being aware and keep being productive. That's going to take you right where you want to be. I hope this has served you. I am delighted that you have joined me today. My podcasts are available on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and others if you cannot join us live. But we are here live every Thursday, 4 o'clock Pacific. The replay is Friday, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Until the next time, my friends, namaste. Namaste.